Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back. It's Daily Stripe. Fisher to Southwest. Snacks, Kreider. We're going to have to cover the NBA. We're not going to be able to cover succession today, but I will be going to watch tonight and we'll be able to cover tomorrow so I can catch up with you guys. We know it's not Carl, but that's all they've, these guys have told me so far and that the show is excellent. Um, and it's not about being happy with the ending, just about the show being great. So kudos to you guys. I'm staying off my phone. It can maybe do me a little good. Couldn't hurt. I'm wearing a Seattle Supersonics hat. Uh, for those who are not watching on YouTube, but listening. Uh, and I'm wearing this hat because it's the only team that can't hurt me anymore that I like. Um, I, I would love to have been like Tatum's injury was the end-all be-all. But Brown having one of his worst games, from, especially from a turnover standpoint, Horford's lack of presence I felt in the paint at times. Um, the lack of advantage taken up when they went small against us and really just being outmaneuvered from, from the jump by Spolstra and the heat, Caleb Martin. Uh, I know Jimmy Butler's in an amazing playoffs and he won the Eastern conference finals MVP. Can't really argue it, but I think Caleb Martin um, should have been a close second um, to winning that award. And he had an amazing series and on the broadcast, every time he started hitting a shot, Reggie Miller was like, ka-ching, ka-ching. Cause he's, He's he's earned himself quite a bit of money, and while they brought up a good point of, yes, Tatum hurt his ankle pretty much in the first play, first couple of plays. Uh, the Heat have done this without Tyler Harrow the entire series, um, so just a really bad showing out of Boston after coming clawing their way back from a three zero deficit. Missoula is looking like he'll stay, and they're just going to get some veteran guys on the bench with him, which. I'm not like angry at. I know Monty Williams is still available, and I would love to entertain that. Nick Nurse going to the Philadelphia 76ers. A lot of crazy moves. Bob Bob Myers, two-time executive of the year of the Golden State Warriors. He stepped down. Um, but you got to give kudos to the Miami Heat, who are a one seed last year. Had I think we're top or bottom four in players, or top four, I should say, in most players game missed. So they had the most uh, games missed by players across their roster um, or in the top four throughout the season. And they got together in the playoffs. Butler did his thing. Bam, you know, did a lot of stuff, did a lot of stuff on the court. I felt yesterday with in non-counting stats, you know, a lot of screens, very physical out there uh, at the top point of attack. Lowry hit big shots. Gabe Vincent hit big shots. Uh, obviously we mentioned Caleb Mars, Caleb Martin, Struce hit a couple shots. And Highsmith, you know, he came in when they needed him to, and he was aggressive. This was a Miami Heat team that was hungry, probably the hungriest team. And I know you can't really count that or measure that, but I felt the way at least they played the entire the entire playoffs. That's how I would describe them. And confident, you know, after every game they lost, every reporter asked Jimmy Butler if he was worried. He said, no, nah, we're going to win the next one. We're going to win the next one. And even if they didn't, 
uh, they won the they won the game that mattered the most, and that was Game Seven in Boston, which we all thought was a tough place to play, but apparently uh, they're Miami Heat are a tough team to play. So a little dis- a little disappointing, but I I would rather give kudos to the Miami Heat and what they did versus coming on here and saying Boston blew it, Boston this, Boston that. I think the Miami Heat <clears throat> have been the best team in the Eastern Conference team. Maybe not on paper, but they've been playing the best team basketball in the Eastern Conference's playoffs, and I'm impressed with what they did. Yeah, I mean, clearly they're now in the finals, and I want to give some credit to all of South Beach and South Florida because not only are the Miami Heat an eight seed in the finals, but so are the Florida Panthers. Um, you know, upsetting, uh, I think the hurricanes and obviously getting all the way to where they got. So we've got two teams in the Miami area that are in the finals now for the respective sport. And I think that's really cool for the city of Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Both the lower seated team too. So I'm interested to see what happens with, um, just like travel around that area. And, you know, because both those teams will presumably have home games, um, around the same time uh, but josh i think your your props are duly deserved for the heat they were the better team in this series just flat out and when i hopped on with raymond what i had talked about was one the celtics had not won three games in a row they did do that in this series so they were able to kind of break that streak but this was the team that we had seen the entire playoffs up and down up and down and the ups looked great, and the downs looked really, really low. And once again, that that's what happened uh, last night. I don't think like Spo deserves due credit. The Celtics did not lose this game, Game Seven, because of Missoula. And I know that Tatum, the the injury was unfortunate. It certainly had an impact. I actually think it had more of an impact from an intensity. And a togetherness standpoint. I mean, you look at Tatum, he's their best player. We know that. He's their number one. And for whatever reason, this is a team that has kind of, they go as he goes. So when he's intense and he's driving to the hoop and he's in rhythm with his shot, the rest of the team kind of follows suit. And yes, I think, you know, throughout the regular season, there were times where Jalen Brown picked things up when Tatum wasn't necessarily having the best shooting night. But we know he does so much more than that. The reason why so many people, when they're building their list of top 10 players in the NBA, have him as a top seven guy. Some have him as a top five guy because he rebounds well. He plays defense well. um, And he hits timely shots. And on any given night, he can go for 50, like he did in game seven against um, in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the 76ers. So I I do think, yeah, Al didn't do enough the entire playoffs. But I think we were also a little bit surprised maybe last year in the playoffs by how well Al Horford played. So if you kind of averaged out both playoffs last year and this year, like you probably get what you thought you would get from Al Horford. Um, But Mm -hmm. I did think he hit timely shots. If it came down to it, the Heat just hit every single clutch shot that they needed to. Anytime the Celtics started crawling back, you know, it was a a Martin three. Jimmy Butler (laughs) shot the three-point ball really well. He didn't have a good night um, from the floor, but obviously he got to the free throw line. And once again, he shot the three well. Um, Bam does a lot of different things. I think what I get from him out of this series is my point back to that conversation, Josh, that you and I had about him earlier, where he is undoubtedly not a superstar. He is a star. 
And with that comes the inconsistency of not having 25 points, 10 plus rebounds and five plus assists every single game. Um, I think that looking ahead to this finals matchup, he is going to have his hands full. He had his hands full with the length and size when Rob Will, Al Horford, and Jason Tatum were on the floor. Nikola Jokic is bigger than all those guys. He's better than all those guys. And Bam is going to have to be the primary defender with a backup big in Cody Zeller. Kevin Love cannot guard Nikola Jokic. Um, So that will be a really interesting test for this Miami Heat team. Now, I do think that they have better that they're better defensively from a ball pressuring standpoint and in the passing lanes than the Lakers were. Their guards and their forwards, they guard hard. They get after guys. I mean, Gabe Vincent, he's six one. He didn't give it up an inch against he doesn't, Smart. He doesn't White. feel six one. No, he really doesn't. And even Duncan Robinson gave good defensive minutes. Um, Martin obviously can defend well. He's got good length. Jimmy, of course, is a really good defender. I saw Spo say, you know, it, it starts with a defensive identity. It starts with your best players. And when you have Bam Adebayo, who for the last five years has been considered, you know, a top five defensive player in the league, and you have Jimmy Butler, who's one of the best two-way stars in the league, that's a great, that's a great foundation to build upon. And then you add other guys in. Obviously, Kyle Lowry, when he was at his best, was a, a top defensive guard in the league as well. Um, this team is really well put together. They know how to play basketball the right way. I don't want to ride them. Off. I don't want to write them off in the finals. Like I, I don't think anyone nuggets does. Nuggets in five. I don't know. I I think most people are are already saying the Nuggets are going to easily win this thing, either in a sweep or in five. Um, I don't see how you can look at the the track record of this current Heat team and what they've done and say that they won't give them a great series, not even just a good series, but a great series. They're going to challenge them. Um, and Murray and Porter Jr. And Bruce Brown and KCP hit a lot of shots against the Lakers. This team has been hot, hot from the shooting standpoint. And if anything dips, the Heat will take advantage of that. And obviously, like you mentioned, like Hero could have potentially played in this game. He was questionable. He was shooting pregame. Uh, he'll be back. And they'll need that offensive juice from him. But a tremendous victory by the better team in this series um, who's playing the best basketball in the East, like you mentioned. Brown is the major question mark for you guys going forward, whether or not you want to pay him the supermax and pair Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together for what would look like the remainder of their primes. Um, but with that would come roster maneuvering that you would have to take care of where you would lose some of the depth that you had with this team. You wouldn't be able to have Gallo, Brogdon, Smart, Horford, Rob Will, Derek White, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be able to have all of those guys. And I'll just mention, last night the best player for the Celtics was Derek White, the guy that hit the game-winning shot in Game Six. And I, I was watching, and I, I felt at a certain point I was like, man, like it really feels like he's got a little bit of the case of Mar- Marcus Smart's here, where he wants to take every big shot. But then I, I kind of countered myself, and I was like, well, he kind of has to because no one else is stepping up. And Jalen Brown had more turnovers. Uh, in a in a Celt- in a Celtics uniform in a playoff game than uh, since since 1981. So obviously that was a huge detriment to to the team in Game Seven and a major reason as to why they lost. But yeah, I think all all signs point to what do you do with Jalen Brown? I mean, I think there's just like a lot of issues. Um, I, I'll just address that quickly uh, with Brown. 
And then we get back to the Heat Nugget series, which I think, Nick, you said that was a series you would be looking forward to. Then you think it goes six or seven games. So I don't, I'm not disagreeing with his notion over there at all. I think the, and I think we all think that he can give them a tough time. We've been watching them very closely with Jalen Brown. On one hand, it's like, it's, it's like the, it's almost like the Jalen hurts thing where it's where people are like, Oh, why do you, you really only did it for one year. Why are you going to pay him the max? Why are you giving him all this money, the max in football? Like, why are you giving him all this? You know, I know there isn't really one, but like, why are you giving him like the biggest contract you can on one hand, it goes, is he really a top five guy, top 10 guy? I don't know. And that correlates to like the top 25 in the NBA. But on the other hand, like who else are you going to give it to if you don't give it to him? Are you going to find a guy as good as Jalen Brown out there? Can you replace a Jalen Brown? Can you send him to Atlanta for Trey Young? Can you do this? Like, are there, do, you, do you even want to do that? Are there all these things that like, like if you don't give him the super max, you have to move him. And if you move him, you have to move him for something that's ready now. You can't. You have to. You have to upgrade him. And I don't know. I don't know where well, you find I, that upgrade. I mean, I think Trey Young is an upgrade. Okay. Especially, he's After the number last one. Game. He's the number one guy on his team. We've seen that. We haven't seen that from Jalen Brown. And I also I would probably know that, do Brogdon and Brown and picks. Yeah, for, and I also young. know that the the glaring issue last year was not taken care of enough and I know Brogdon was hurt but he wasn't playing that role on this team of being the point guard and bringing the ball up that was still Jason Tatum when when we got to the playoffs and we got into late game situations it was still Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown bringing the ball up and if the guys that are viable candidates I think for trades Trey Young um, I'll I'll throw Damian Lillard out there because we still don't know what the Blazers are going to do but both of those guys, to me, are a clear upgrade from Jay- from uh, Jalen Brown, and they've both been bona fide number ones on their team for a long time. I know Trey Young's, I guess, just five years, but he will rise up to the challenge. Damian Lillard, we know he has done that before on way worse teams than the Celtics team. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. If the if the price to get rid of him is not matching what you're going to get back, don't do it. But you're just going to be in a real. You're going to be in a conundrum if you if you pay him the supermax and you have Tatum on a supermax too. No other team is yeah. doing that right now. It's the turnovers where he just hasn't been able. It's been an issue for back to back seasons now, and he hasn't been able to fix it. Like Reggie said it on the broadcast, you're not we when we, at the points where we were down eleven or twelve, and they're raining threes. They're getting defensive stops. It's not like the Heat scored 130 points. They only scored 103 points. The Celtics are getting stops. They're getting turnovers. They're getting boards. Like they're getting the possession back, but they're trying to get it all back in one go and raining threes. And they shot so poorly from three and you're missing Tatum's explosiveness and you're missing Brown feeling too pressured and his handle being too weak to get to the basket well enough. Like he, he he's capable of doing. And if you want to look at the biggest glaring stat, if you combine both of them like in game six, Tatum and Brown, they were 23 of 25 from the line. 23 of 25. They got to the line, I think, five times combined, six times combined. It's a 19, 19 free, taking 19 free throws is the difference, man. And they are just raining threes. At a certain point, get to the rack. I mean, Bam was in foul trouble. Get it. I mean, and that's where you lose Tatum's aggressiveness. And that's where Brown's weak handle going to the left side becomes becomes an issue. Um, But I don't, 
I don't know. I got to see. Yeah. If, if we get a good value back for him, great. If not, I don't, I don't know if he's worth risking the depth. But I also don't know if, I also don't know if Tatum's, I, I, here's what I don't I'll know say if Tatum's is, a guy you could win because of yet. Maybe not, but I think that I have a higher indication and belief in him becoming that guy than I do in, in banking on the two of them beating any other deep good <clears throat> team going forward. Like I would, I would rather sustain the depth and ride out Jason Tatum for the rest of his career as a Boston Celtic, knowing already that he's a top seven guy in the NBA, than force a pairing of him and Brown and lose your three through seven or your four through seven. Just I'm talking about guys on your roster and put together a, a you know supporting cast that looks more like my Dallas Mavericks this year. Which guess what? It's really really hard to win because the rest of the NBA a lot of those other presidents of basketball operations know what they're doing and they're going to continue to get guys on, on cheap contracts that are veterans that know how to play in the playoffs. And when you play a team like the Lakers this year, you'll lose that matchup. And I know I'm, I'm just, the Lakers obviously are in the Western conference opposite of the, the East where the Celtics are, but they would play teams like the heat, like new iterations of this heat team or whatever the Cavs turn themselves into. Um, We'll see what happens with Masai and and the Raptors if they can turn things around. But some of these savvy teams and, and well-run organizations, um, I, I just you can't beat them with two stars and no one else on your squad. It's just going to be too tough. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, we have a good final. I think we have a good finals matchup coming up. I think Jokic and Butler have been the two best players in the playoffs. I'm excited to see how much Jimmy has left in the tank after multiple grueling series. Um, where he's had a lot of a lot of usage, and and same with Jokic, uh, how these two attack each other. Um, it's gonna be really fun, uh, and one of the, one of them is gonna win their first ring. Uh, so really quick gut checks, and then we'll go to baseball. Uh, Nick, who you got? Nuggets or Heat? Uh, I'd say the Nuggets, probably in like six games. Cool. T dot. I think they're gonna do it. I think the Heat are gonna win. And how many? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seven. Um, it's hard not to say seven when they're playing against Jokic, but they've shown that they can beat a team in Game Seven on the road. Denver's a really really tough place to play. Now they actually don't have a lot of time because they only get two full days before they play on Thursday night, uh, Game One. But you get Hero back. I think guys are just willing to step up and. If they can flip the script, I'm talking about Bam getting in foul trouble. If Jokic can get in foul trouble, if they can get in under his skin, which I think they'll have a better opportunity to do with guys like Lowry and Jimmy, um, I think they can play this team in a way that no one else has played them thus far. And yeah, I just, it's, I just don't want to bet against this Heat team right now. As good as the Nuggets have been, and and I, they deserve all the credit, and they might totally prove me wrong, but. I'm tired of being on the opposite side of, of Jimmy Butler. All right. I'm going to go with Nick, but I, if it goes to seven, I think he gets it done. I, I, I could easily see either of these guys being, I think this is tough. I think it's a really tough call. I think people saying it's a gimme for the nuggets are being a little overzealous and have not been paying enough. They're expecting for the, you know, the pumpkins to become pumpkins again at midnight, but I don't necessarily think that's the case anymore. Um, in the last I do... four years, this team has been to the finals twice in the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7. 
and I mean, this is, on a, this is on like a potentially game-winning shot. Like, this is a really, really good team and has been for the last three years. I mean, it's Spolstra's seventh time in the final since 06. Yeah. And Pat Riley, like we mentioned, Nick and I on that one show, 25% of all of the NBA finals he's been involved in in some capacity. So, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> that they do. Um, baseball guys, we're two months in. Two months in. Uh, standings checks. The Rays still pretty hot. They're in first. They're four up on the O's. They have the best record in baseball. The O's, Yankees, Sox, and Blue Jays all in the AL East all have winning records. And the AL West, outside of the Athletics, who are so pitiful and so pathetic, probably the worst team I've ever seen assembled in a baseball season in my entire life, every team in that division has a winning record as well. So the Mariners are in fourth, uh, 28 and 26. The Angels, who everyone is keeping a very close eye on, are six out of the Rangers, who are in first, three back of the Astros, who are in second. Um, but they are three out of the wild card. NL East, Braves have a lead. Marlins, Nick, who you were high on and thought could be really good uh, or sneaky good or lurking. Uh, Jorge Soler and Brian De La Cruz are hitting the tar off the ball. We were worried about their lineup. Uh, but those two guys have been fantastic. The Mets are having a tough time putting it together. The Phillies are, you know, had that hangover. Um, and in the NL West, the Diamondbacks, you know, we all thought could be very sneaky. They are 30-plus wins right now. The Dodgers uh, have kicked it into high gear. The Giants have been pretty hot. My question to you guys is, I didn't mention these centrals. Are we in a, are, are, with the next iteration, maybe not next year or the year after, but the next time the league makes some changes, would they have to make some changes to the divisions, you guys think? Because the centrals in both leagues are so bad, and specifically the AL Central, none of those teams, all those are mid-market and lower. You know what I'm saying? The Royals, the Guardian, they don't really give it the Tigers – these are not teams that give out massive contracts. Even the White Sox and the Twins. I know the Twins just gave one to Correa, but these aren't teams that give out massive contracts. And these are teams that are, you know, again, like the Twins would be in, the Twins would be in last in the AL East, and they're in first in the AL Central. Yeah, it's wild. Is is there is there an, is that an issue for you guys? Um, I mean, we've seen that division be competitive before in the past. I think it just kind of has ebbs and flows, but I mean, they've always discussed doing an expansion of the MLB and whenever that time comes, they're going to have to rearrange some things because the three division system in each league just wouldn't fit. You know, you've got five in every single division. So it'd more likely have to split off into a fourth division for each league and just go fours like the NFL does, right? Where you do 32 teams. Um, so we'll have to see what happens, but I mean, obviously, we're the next big thing that's happening in baseball is Oakland going to Vegas. And then from there, I think they'll start to figure out, you know, where are we going to put our expansion teams if that time, you know, comes, which I don't really know what's taking so long, honestly, because in the, the day, it's all about money, right? Like, how's the MLB going to profit more? And if you're, if you're putting a home in two new cities, whether that be in the United States or whether that be somewhere in, you know, back to Montreal or, or Mexico city or wherever um, that's more revenue in your pocket. So I think it's going to come soon within the next, you know, four or five years. And then we'll have to see, I guess what shakes out. Do you guys think 
would it be like the east, se- east, <clears throat> south, northwest type deal? Could they break it up like that? Um, I would, I would think that it's similar to what it looks like now, and then you'd have to just kind of maybe take a team from each division, like. You know, obviously, I think you keep the Dodgers, the the Diamondbacks, the uh, Giants, and Padres together, like in the West, because that's like truly the West. But you take Colorado, right, and you put them in, you know, the the Midwest, or I don't know, whatever that may be. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like in both of those centrals, a lot of it has to do with like just the teams aren't playing well, not only in the MLB, but also in other sports like Chicago is a great sports city, but the bulls also haven't been great. Like the Cubs are bad and the white aren't great right now. The the bears are not good. Like it, when there's smoke, there's fire a little bit. I mean, I, I, and and now it's spreading everywhere. And in Cleveland, like the Cavs have not been great, right? The Browns obviously have not been great. Detroit has had a really tough time from a sports standpoint over the last 10 years. Um, I mean, the Red Wings suck. They're really bad now. They were so good in the early 2000s. So were the Pistons. And so were the Tigers. Like, Tigers. in the 2000s. Yeah, they were really, really good. So Lions I, are, I think, might be the best team in Detroit right now. We never thought we'd be saying that. They definitely are. 100% the best team in Detroit. So some of these markets, I think, just they have the presence and history to to be there and to like bring these central divisions up there's just not the performance has not been there but i do think like the tigers are playing decent the tigers and the pirates are interesting because they're both young teams and they're both playing a little bit of, above their pay grade i would say right now for both of these teams to be just under 500 um two months in like in in the second spot in their division I, that's not bad. Like, that, that's promising going forward. But we needed, we needed the Cardinals to to run away with this division and, and be a true playoff contender. They're at the bottom of their division, so not doing what they needed to do, right? And then the, the Twins and the Guardians, we expected them to to be steps ahead of the rest of those three teams in their division, and they're they're not. Um, while the while the Twins have been good, you know they they might lose this lead to the Tigers in seven games time. They probably won't, but. I just and the Guardians aren't aren't a true threat, so I don't know. I it, it might just be like we ride off this season as a wash for these divisions and and hope that they continue to grow and and these young players continue to develop, and that makes things more interesting. But yeah, I I guess we see your original point, Josh. Like the the markets aren't necessarily the the biggest issue with these divisions, in my opinion. Yeah, we see it in football too. I mean, we were sitting here a couple years ago and we had it you know, team from the NFC um, North under 500 in the playoffs. Like that happens. It just, I think it just depends on the timing and, you know, kind of where each team is in their organizational, you know, path. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, again, outside of LeBron winning in Cleveland though, but that Cleveland has struggled by and large. I mean, Browns have been terrible. The Indians have been up and down. I mean, the, I thought the, I'm sorry, the guardians, Jesus, the guardians, I mean, they'll get Tristan McKenzie back, but Rosario and Jimenez who were supposed to be their, you know, stalwart potential all-star middle infield that hasn't panned out. Um, I want to, I want to get your guys' hot takes and I'll kick it off. My hot take is the NL central is so close. I think the Cardinals still win the division. 
They're only five and a half back. Oh, the, the, so doable. So doable. The, the the bottom two teams in the in the NL Central are positive run differential. Isn't that crazy? Cubs and the Cardinals are the only two teams in that division with positive run di- differential, and they're at the bottom two. I don't think the Cubs will keep it up, but I gotta I gotta imagine that the Cardinals they're hitting so well. Pitching like so got, bad. Dude, their pitching is so bad. The Cardinals, what are they in runs scored? They're they're tied in third in the NL. That's wild. And, <laughs> and in the MLB, they're in the top seven. Like, I mean, the Rangers and the Rangers and the Rays are scoring runs at a ridiculous clip. And so that's the, the that's the best and second best team in baseball right there record wise record wise and then you're talking about the cardinals who are i don't know where they are but it's you know the only teams that are worse than them are the a's the royals the white yeah, Sox, and the nats the, the jurors are like the jurors like what's crazy about the rangers and i'll get your guys hot takes i just do because we just brought them up i just want to say is i wouldn't say the season is going as best as it can like I feel like it still could be going a lot better than it is, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I obviously our bullpen has not been good, but I would say what we're getting from three through five in our rotation is as good as you can ask for. But I do think now we have Seager back fully healthy. Marcus has been playing MVP-level baseball, which typically this happens in the second half of the season for this guy, so maybe he has another gear to get to. He always starts slow. Um, this has been one of the seasons in recent where he hasn't, but we haven't had our full lineup. We still haven't had Garver too. So once, once we get all those guys in there, um, I think our lineup looks even scarier and I think Heim's on a bit of a slid, but again, I think if Garver comes back, like maybe they can, they can kind of rotate in, rotate out. I mean, Garver can still play behind the plate. Obviously Heim's such an incredible fielder, um, and calls such a good game behind the plate, but what we've gotten from Adolis and Nathaniel Lowe has been awesome. I'd still like to see us make moves at the deadline for bullpen guys and out and like an additional up platoon outfielder that we can get in there. Um, but you can't, I, I think you're right. I think there's another level that they can go to, but you can't ask for much more from this team or the second best team in baseball. I mean, besides, DeGrom, besides yeah, maybe DeGrom being healthy. Right. That's it. That's like the, that's to me, Seager has been out for a while and he came back scorching. You know, as like when the Sports. team has been so hot. Yeah, the team's been so hot. But no DeGrom is like, uh, that's my other gear they could get to. Uh, what are your guys' like hot takes after two months in? Give me some. Um, I don't know if there's any hot takes. I mean, there's a lot of things I think that we foresaw happening that's actually happening. Um, I mean, clearly the biggest surprise for me is my Padres, but I mean, we're, we're, literally last in all of baseball and hits and batting average and all of baseball dead last, but top 10 in pitching. So look, pitching was the question mark heading into the season, right? Like people thought we needed to add another starter, you know, from the end to really, you know, make that solid rotation. And that has not been the issue. Starting pitching has been pretty good bullpen every now and then, you know, 
kind of give some stuff up, but it's been bumped and bruised and Hater's been great. Um, but it's that lineup that everyone thought was going to be amazing. And that's, it just fell completely flat on its face. I mean, you got a slow start from Soto. You had a hot start from Bogarts, but now he is on a very, very slow start or, or big slump. Tatis took him some time to get into it, but he's getting it back. He's got the power numbers up there. It just needs to get on base more. Machado has been hurt. Um, and a lot of these other signings haven't really worked out. Um, you know, Cruz has been okay, but Matt Carpenter has not been great. Grisham just can't ever figure it out at the plate. Our catching woes have just been abysmal. We just went out and signed Gary Sanchez. Hopefully he adds a little pop. I mean, can't be any worse than what we have right now. Cronenworth, you know, inked a big deal in the off season and he's, I think last in OPS and all first baseman. So it's, it's tough, but if this team can really put it together and, and, do what we all know they're capable of. I think they can actually make a serious, you know, comeback mid-season. I mean, we looked at the the Nationals in the past when they won the World Series. They started off really slow. Phillies last season were in the World Series. They started off real slow. Fire Joe Girardi. I'm not saying you need to fire Bob Melvin, but there needs to be some sort of shakeup. I think they need to start looking at the staff, you know, who, who makes the hitting scouting reports and everything like that and maybe shake up some guys. It, there's just not enough urgency, it seems like. You know, I kind of think like the go, oh, we dropped this game. We'll get the next one. I don't know. So it's, it's frustrating to watch because our guys will go out and shove our pitchers and then we'll only get three hits and score three runs, but three hits like solo shot, two run shot. That's it. That's brutal. Yeah. I mean, starting, I mean, I think going, I could kind of tie everything into the socks a little bit with our teams here uh well because i think it's why we're afloat are the reasons that you guys are have woes with your teams like devers pop is there macho man but macho man is hitting for macho man's hitting above 300 in his rookie season for the red sox and that's all you can really ask for out of him verdugo has been great um turner has been has been getting on base and he's been a really nice addition he's a really good veteran piece that we've added and then you just go schreiber another good season chris martin was a guy who's like why did we even sign him and he's been awesome out of the bullpen winkowski's been so nasty out of the pen kenley's been solid like our and our rotation sucks our rotation stinks kluber sent bullpen who knows we'll see him next sale has been you know up and down how whatever, um, but our bullpen and our lineup have been really good, and I think mm-hmm. that's clearly the biggest reason why we're above 500 and playing like sound, like competitive baseball. If you have a good bullpen and you have a good lineup, like you're going to be in the mix. Like if the Rangers had our lineup, I mean our our bullpen, you know, it could be you could be seeing a we could be seeing a way different team for you guys. It could be the best team in baseball, and if you know. The the Padres, if the guys were hitting like you know some of the Red Sox guys were, you'd be seeing a different tune. I, I just, it's very interesting. I I do think that the Bogarts thing is an issue, but no Machado, and he was off to like the slowest start we've ever seen him be off to. That that's detrimental to that team. But I always, it's all it's all guys that got paid too. I mean, Machado Trey Turner, the top season. yeah, yeah, Trey Turner too. In Philly, he got paid, yeah. and he's been he's been brutal. It's a psychological thing. I think a lot of the time, you know, when a guy is looking to get more money, like Soto's been on fire right now, but he's looking to get more money. He's looking to get that $400, $500 million deal. You know, I mean, the guys who are having these contracts that come up, 
want to prove themselves. The guys who just got the money, there's not as much motivation. Yes, there's a motivation to play baseball and win and be competitive, but like I don't think there's a coincidence that Bogarts, Machado, Cronenworth are all guys that literally just inked big deals right before the season started. Yeah. There is one there is one guy that it didn't make a difference for though. Who's just Judge dominating. Yeah, he's Judge. Yeah. He's the best player. He's the best player in baseball. He's the best position player in baseball for sure. In my opinion. Like he's he's gonna he could very easily win the MVP again. For, firm hold on number one seat. Yeah. The best player is Otani, but like not the best non-Otani guy is Aaron Judge. There's no pitcher that's like as like dominant. He robbed, he robbed Teoscar the other night too. Oh, he's a gross he two home he's, runs. He's a gross fielder. He's amazing. I mean, kudos to the polar bear. Because you know that he, you know, Pete Alonso is so competitive with like secret. I feel like he's really secretly competitive with Judge and wants to break that home run uh, record. But there are guys like Freddie Freeman has been epic. Freddie Freeman's a Hall of Famer. I think he's locked oh. all, but lo- I think he's locked that up. Arias is a guy like I know <laughs> we were trying to see if he could hit 400, but and I didn't mention him earlier with the Marlins, but he's at 380 right now. Bo Bichetnik, that was your hits leader pick. He's cruising. Yeah. Strider's cruising. Like, there are a lot of guys that are playing really good baseball. The Braves, we didn't mention really, but they they've been amazing. But Aaron Judge, to me, once again, is just I don't know. He is so. And you know who's also been amazing for the Rays? Uh, two guys that have been amazing, and then they were supposed to be Acuna for the Braves and Wander Franco for for the Rays. Franco's been. I mean, these guys are just do it all kind of guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Randy, there's a lot Randy of, too. Randy's been great. Yandy, Randy, Yandy Diaz has been an MVP candidate for the Rays. I mean, they, their whole team is just like start to finish, like guys that are just epic. But Wander Franco has been, he's been, he, he's going to have a shot at the MVP. And so, I mean, I think Acuna is the MVP favorite so far. Um, well, I mean, like now. you're talking about Freddie Freeman, but the Braves let that guy walk and the replacement's been pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also a really Olsen's great having fielder. A, Olsen's having a fantastic season. Yeah. The only issue with him versus Freeman is he strikes out so much. He strikes sure. out so yeah. much. He's hitting 238 and Freeman's hitting over 300. So, you know. Yeah, but the so – That's just who is, they are, though. That's who they are. Yeah. Lastly, I want one thing I want to ask you guys is because I think the White Sox suck, right? They're terrible. They are horrible. I mean, the Liam Hendricks thing, we have to give a shout-out to him. Unbelievable to see him back. Awesome. Definitely. Awesome. Are they gonna are they gonna sell? And if they do, do they sell Luis Robert? Like, is he gone? Because he is like for a team that's been terrible, he's been pretty awesome. Uh like do you sell on a guy like that and get everything you can for him? I think you listen to offers. I don't think that you're I don't think anyone's off the table because I mean he what he's 25 years old, he'll be 26 this year. Um I mean, realistically, how far do you think you are off from getting competitive again? Um, and eventually, you know, he's going to have to get paid because he's been in the league now for, uh, I think it's his third season. So they probably, though, what they have like, well, I guess in 2020, he, they, they had an extension. But regardless, eventually, like, he's going to have to get paid again. I think you listen to offers because the team friendly contract, he's obviously a, a great talent. If you can get like someone's entire farm from him, then yeah, I mean, like prospect one, two, and three. Yeah, 
I just his feel like Obi- they probably don't you think they have to believe they're still like a few players away from turning this thing around? I mean, they're they still have him, obviously. He's their best player. They have Aloy, though. You know, they have they they signed Ben Tendi, they have Vaughn, Mankata, like Anderson. Okay, he's almost 30 now, but I mean, Grand Grandal is still, like they have the bats are still there. Yoan Mankata is the Lonzo ball of baseball. Could have been epic all the town in the world, never healthy enough to do it. Yeah. Always injured. I mean, the whole Lonzo Ball thing is tragic to me. He could have been sick. I mean, Aloy Schmoy, like, he's got all the power in the world, but he's always hurt. So is Luis, though. Luis has gotten hurt a lot every single season. So I think think I think all these guys. Yeah. Right. Anderson's Anderson can't stay. Yeah, exactly. Anderson can't stay healthy. Ben and is the only guy that Ben and and Andrew Vaughn have been like the only guys that have been really consistently in the lineup. But Ben and has zero home runs. Like, what a joke. And their it's pitching is yeah. like, and Cease has been Cease, who was unreal last year, has been horrible. It just goes to show that, like, as, as plugged in, because remember how you felt about him for a long time, Josh? Like, yeah. there are so many players, Ben Intendi, when he was with the Sox. And there was a real question on whether or not they should keep him or let him go. And it just goes to show that, like, Billy Bean, this thing like guys are very replaceable in baseball. They really are, and he is a solid player. But you can you can find other guys that can get on base, and you can put things together, and you can replicate things so easily from a roster creation standpoint. Um, and then guys slide all the time, and they have these lulls sometimes that last for multiple seasons. So it's not really a lull, I guess, at that point. Um, you know, guys for three years will be one player. And then for the next five, they will be a completely different player. It's just a fascinating element of baseball that I feel like is not quite the same in the NBA and the NFL. Obviously it's, it's very different because guys have such short careers. Mm -hmm. It reminds me more of soccer, honestly, where like guys are who they are, but like the, the, there's so many guys on the, on the pitch at one time, right? You have 11 guys on the field. Um, it really makes a difference, like how guys play together and for the thing like the Padres, if guys can't get on base, you guys don't consistently have guys getting hits and getting on base. You know, you, you put your team in a tough position when every single guy is going up there trying to rip a solo shot every single time, right? Like you can't put six strikers on the same team. It just doesn't work. It's a really good point. Honestly. I mean, we have guys on our team, like, and I've given Heim Bloom a, a really rough go of it and not ready to apologize yet because I still need to see us win, win and like get to the playoffs. Like with this, you know, this kind of this, this right, because you won with Mookie, you won with him. We won it all. Yeah. I, yeah. but like guys like Rob ref Snyder, who we've brought in, he's been great. He's get, he's just on base, like four over 400 he's on base percentage over 400. Like you can replace Ben and Tenney with mixing and matching guys. Like you replace guys mixing and matching. And like, you, you're right. Like pods have like four guys, six guys, like, her trying to go up there and just like whack it out of the park every time you can't you can't get all your runs back in one at bat i feel so that's not possible <laughs> not possible um rightio uh we'll get succession recap tomorrow cool did you guys see that uh leeds got relegated and they have the largest contingent of american players on their team of any epl Oof. team so they're headed to the to the championship league which is the the second division in english football you can see it kind of a bummer sorry about your stars too 
Yeah, I mean that last night was a, a bad night for any team that dodged the green. <clears throat> green. Um, I'm Except for really local sure athletics, which... who beat the Braves. That's a great point, Nick. That's a great point. That was a big win for them. Uh, and our buddy Graham was really excited about Soroka being back, but he did not do it. Actually, the lineup really didn't do enough last night for them. Um, now the Stars had a good run. They their goaltender was he was wishy washy. Um, Tough game. Did not do. He had a really, really bad game, but he did in game three too. He, he, we lost five Oh, we lost five Oh and we lost, was it seven Oh or six Oh? And I, I can't six remember. Six Oh. Yes, Every two seconds. Uh, that I was, was like, Nick's tough, maybe, tough game. <laughs> I was like, maybe we'll score one. Maybe we'll score one. And then they just well, kept scoring. We were talking games. about it. We were like, they were, they were down uh four Oh heading into the third period. And we were yeah. saying, what's, what's the NBA equivalent to being down four Oh in the going into the third period, like heading to the fourth quarter, was down 30 down 40 is it 10 points a goal and then after they scored a goal every time i was like okay so what's the equivalent to 5-0 and then when they got to six i was like so this is equivalent of being down like 100 or what? yeah it's like they're getting king it's literally impossible to come but do you guys all watch together at uh home base yep now, i watched in the plane because that's obviously when the flight was so i'm watching in the plane and every time i'm like like throwing my water i'm like god damn it god am like, and i'm like cussing like a little under my breath and the Sometimes I'm like, yes. Like I'm like when we're starting to come back and Sam's like, Shh, we're on a plane. Like you can't be like yelling and screaming on I'm the sure plane. I'm sure there was someone else on the plane watching. For sure. Though. For the guy sure. next to me was watching it. Uh and like uh, yeah, it was I I once we were down by like twenty something in the fourth quarter, I was like, I came and watched anymore and I just watched Ocean's Eleven. Hey, when Haywood Highsmith picked Tatum's pocket in the second quarter. I was like, things aren't looking good. No, nah, this is so, yeah. They're, they're basically worst player, just cookies, your best player, and, and scored on the other end. That's, uh, see ya. Yeah. See ya, see what was I want to be. How was the connection? How, how was the connection on the plane? Fantastic. Really? What what uh, airline did you fly? Delta, bro. Shout out to Delta. Delta or JetBlue? I mean, shout out to a all. lot of shout airlines, out. whenever they do the live, they, they offer live TV, but then when you actually get the live TV cooking, it lags out, the connection's terrible, and it makes it really tough to watch live sports when you're on planes. So I've watched multiple. I've watched a couple unfortunate things. And I've never seen my team win a playoff game on a plane. That I've come to realize. All right. Well, now uh, you know when to not schedule flights. Horrible. Um, but shout, I do want to give one more shout out to the ATX. <laughs> Goated. Like a morns. Well, check out all our right. horns up pod for anyone that's listening, where we talk yeah, to Juan yeah. Cosby about all things Texas football and Texas sports. Probably have an episode this week. I think there's some uh, interesting chatter about Arch Manning per usual. That we will. That we will. Fisher, Tosopolis, Snacks, Crider, Horns Up, Fridge Free Throws. <laughs> hit them hit them yikes hit your free throws get your horns up we'll see you guys another time
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.